0: Verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So, I want to talk to you really about the safest place in the world today. Actually, according to um, the Global Peace Index, the safest place in our world today is Iceland. <laughs> so, if any of you fancy a move, that's the place to go, apparently. It ranks number one on the Global Peace Index, and it's held that position for over a decade. It's actually as well the third happiest country in the world, ranking just behind Finland and Denmark. So if you wonder why you're struggling at the moment, it's because you're living in the wrong place. That's, that's the reality, isn't it? Um, the country is part of the lowest... Uh, has the, the country also has the lowest poverty rate of the countries belonging to the Organisation of Economic Cooperation and Development. There are 38 countries in that and the UK is in it too. But you know, though Iceland is the safest place to live on Earth, according to those particular studies, even there people have anxieties and worries and cares. Uh, BMC Psychiatry uh, recorded that there was a study done amongst Icelanders, uh, and this is what they found. We found that young Icelanders show more mental health problems than older Icelanders. Uh, Unadjusted data showed similar depression scores for males and females, but males scored higher on depression and stress than females when adjusted for sociodemographic factors. So in other words, even in the safest place on earth, people struggle. They have issues to deal with. You see, the problem is no matter how safe our environment seems, and actually we live in a fairly safe Place in the world, don't we? There are always issues that crop up and cause us anxiety and worry. Now, for the Christian, there is an answer to this. For the one who trusts in Christ, there is an answer to those problems. There is an answer to the fact that we have anxieties and cares and concerns. And I want us to think that through a little bit this morning. I want us to go through that little verse. Uh, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you and i want us to understand what god would have us see in that little verse so i'm going to break it up into five sections uh you're going to discover as we go through that some of those sections will slightly overlap because that's the nature of the text but i want us to grasp just what god has for us when we think about the lord jesus christ so first of all, we think about that section, casting all. Now when we think about the word cast, in our minds we often have the idea of throwing something. Don't we? So we cast something away. We throw it away. Or if you're a fisherman, I don't know how many of you are if a fisherwoman uh, in, in these days, um, you might think about casting your line. Flinging it as far as it needs to go. Now, when you think of caste in this context, I want you to have a little bit of a different image in your mind. I wonder how many of you have ever saddled a horse. Perhaps you have, perhaps you haven't. But if you know anything about saddling a horse, normally you put on a saddle rug. And when you throw the saddle rug over over the back of the horse, you just don't throw it willy-nilly, you know, so that it's half hanging off one side and part on the other side. You actually throw it you cast it but you cast it in such a way as it sits square upon the back of the horse you want it to land in a certain position and stay there so that when the saddle goes on it doesn't rub the horse's back it uh, is comfortable for it and so you need to have that image in mind as you think about this business of casting your care upon god here is that image that you are to if you like throw your troubles on him but make sure that they land squarely upon him that they sit in the place where they need to sit you need to have that image that understanding of what it means to cast your cares on god it's not throwing your troubles at god Uh, in a kind of a, 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 a random fashion but it is a deliberate and calculated placing of your troubles on God it's making sure that they are securely on him it's not a last-minute arrow prayer. We love those arrow prayers, don't we? You know, you go into a situation and you throw up a prayer to God, uh, Lord, give me success in this moment. Now, those prayers are absolutely wonderful for a Christian, aren't they? Because we can pray them anytime, anywhere, and it's wonderful. But actually here, the understanding is that you are doing this as a practice regularly and in such a fashion that anything that might concern you is, is placed upon God. It's not a one-off it's a constant bringing to god of everything that affects you sometimes we get into the mindset that god is only interested in the big issues that we face i don't know whether you felt that like like that You, you kind of think well these are big issues in my life but i can deal with all the others so i'll pray about this one because it really weighs upon me but you leave the others well, God would have you get into the practice of praying about everything. Even the things that you consider to be inconsequential. He would have you pray the, pray about those and place them on him. So I wonder whether you have that practice. But it's not just a cast some of your problems, it's a cast all of your problems. Not some, not most, but all of your issues on God. Now, sometimes I have asked my children to tidy their room. I don't know whether you've ever had this experience. Or actually, I've asked them to clean my car. Now, when usually this happens, they disappear off to do it, because, you know, after a little bit of persuasion, they do as they're told. Um, Off they go and do it. And a little while later, I find them playing their favourite computer game, or whatever it might be. And I ask that question, have you done what I asked you to do? And they always say yes. It doesn't matter, um, you know, uh, whether they really have or not. They always say yes. So I go and check. Uh, And very often what I discover when I get into my children's bedroom, uh, and they range from, uh, my children range from, at the moment, 10 through to 25, um, (laughs) if I go and look in their bedroom, I I can promise you that they will have done about a 50 60% job yeah? So you'll go into the room and you'll discover that the middle of the room is perfect. There's not anything on the floor as you walk through the door. Yet as you look around the room, there are just piles of stuff. And, and if you look under the bed, you don't want to look under the bed. But if you look under the bed, you know that it's a mess. So they do about a 50-60% t- job and they call it done. Uh, and they discover that I don't agree, <laughs> generally. Or if I send them out to clean the car, uh, my uh, 15-year-old son um, cleans my car for me at this moment in time, and I've had to work on him um, over time to make sure that it's done to my standards. Um, but very often I'll go out and I'll say he's done the car, and I go and look at it, and he's done a wonderful job of hoovering the flo- uh, you know the footwells, and uh, he's done that. But then there's sweet wrappers in the doors. They're not my sweet wrappers, I hasten to add. Um, but there are sweet wrappers in the doors. Or he has not actually been very thorough. So he might have done an 80% job, but it's not the complete job. And I'm afraid we're a bit like that when we come to bring all of our troubles to God. We think we've done it when those things that weigh heavily upon us have been given over and we keep back some of the other because we think we can cope. You need to develop the practice of taking all of your anxieties to God, not just the ones you feel the need to because you're desperate, but actually all of them, to bring them into his presence. That's 100% of any of the issues that you face, no matter how big or small because that's where we get to that your cares bit or your anxiety bit as christians or even as people we like to pray about others i mentioned a few people i think for prayer this morning we like to pray about others because well, we should but also it gives us a sense of actually serving one another and actually you discover that there are non-christians out there that are happy to pray about others here, though, in this verse, we're, we're being told very deliberately to bring our own anxieties and our own cares. So you might look at your prayers sometimes, perhaps, if you've if you're a, been a Christian for a while, and you think, well, my prayers are quite self-centred. They're all about me. Actually, you have permission to do that. It shouldn't be the entire focus of your prayer life, and if it is, then there might be a, something that you need to do about that but you can pray about yourself you can pray about your circumstances and your situations because god has told you you can you are to bring them to him it's easy to think as we pray about another that actually our life is pretty easy and we shouldn't grumble have you ever done that you know you think about someone else's situation and you think well their situation is way worse than mine so i'm okay And there is a sense in which that is true because it helps us to keep perspective. But you know we need to remember that we are to bring to God we're not to grumble to God but we're to bring to God and talk very deliberately about the things that bother us. Now what bothers you might not bother me at all. That's the reality of life. The things that you're going through may not be a great stress in my life but they are perhaps in yours at this moment in time and the things that bother me perhaps might might not bother you at all and this is where we need to get serious with god this is about us and the situations that we face and we have permission to go into god's presence and to lay them at his feet whatever they might be so you never need to feel foolish about your issues you can lay them all before god knowing that he's interested and he cares about them Actually, that's quite freeing, isn't it? To know that you can tell God about anything. And he's not going to judge you for it. He's interested to hear what it is that bothers you and holds you back in life. And I'm fairly sure as you're sat there this morning, you can think of some of those things that are really just getting you down, really getting on top of you and, and making you worry about the future. And you have God's permission to bring every one of those to him. You don't have to be worried about that. You can simply go and tell him all about them. God isn't asking you to bring only the things that we all struggle with. He's bringing you, he's telling you to bring all of those things to him personally. You see, God is interested in your struggles. You might not know that. You might not understand that. But He is very interested in you and your personal issues. We live in a world where we don't care too much about other people's issues, do we? We, 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 we feel the other people's issues when they begin to bother us. But largely, you know, when someone starts to unload upon us all of their concerns and cares, there's something in us that goes not sure I really want to hear about all of these. I've got enough issues of my own. Well, here is the wonderful reality. You can lay every one of those issues at God's feet and he cares. He knows. There's nothing that you cannot bring. Now, this section is actually written to leaders and to the church at large. But one of the reasons it's written to leaders is that that there are burdens that are hard to bear in leadership and oftentimes leaders carry not just their own burdens but they often end up carrying other people's as well because it's a wonderful thing isn't it opportunity to go and speak to your pastor or your elders and to tell them about the issues that you go through and it's wonderful to feel that offload as you've done so but you then realize that actually they've just been left carrying that and god knows about that and so what he wants for leaders is to actually acknowledge the fact that they can bring not just their own (coughs) issues that they're weighed down with but the issues that they've just had given to them they can share them as their own as well god cares about all the burdens all the anxieties that we carry and we need to understand that that's just it isn't it god wants to know about our anxieties proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says anxiety weighs down the heart or in the king james new king james version anxiety causes depression actually the word there means it bows you down you know these things they get on top of us and they crush us Lord, what would we do with these weights what what do we do with these struggles that we have well we take them to him we give them to him Do you see it's your anxiety anxiety is a weight or a pressure that affects your life and it wears you out doesn't it? it stops you seeing the bigger picture you know when you have a concern in your life a big concern it comes in it stops you seeing everything else because Every woke, waking moment is taking up with this big thing that has suddenly landed in our lives. It becomes unreasonably big. And we, we start to kick ourselves because we know that it shouldn't take over all of our thought and our time. But it is. And over time that begins to age you prematurely. You get what they call worry lines, don't you? And you begin to feel as though you're stooping under the pressure. It causes your body to fail and it generally incapacitates you. Um, I struggle with stress almost every year when, on the lead up to Christmas. When I know that my life is going you know, uh, to be one meeting after another. I always think that I'm coping with that. And then I can always guarantee that just as we lead up into Christmas. My body says I've had enough. And I begin to get get all sorts of odd things, you know, back pains, uh, stomach pains. You know, I've had, um, well, you don't want to know about that. Um, (laughs) But stress, anxiety, causes all sorts of grief in all sorts of areas of our lives. And sometimes we don't even know it's coming. We are then to be those who regularly take to God all those things that would cause us concern. All that will be a weight in our lives. And we're to do this. We're to avoid being caught off guard. We're to regularly do this so that we're able to avoid being caught off guard. It will be our regular practice to lay upon God everything. And as we do this, as we are trusting him, so we are helped. We are helped because we do not carry the burden of, alone we know that we can trust him with the big and the scary ones that seem to come out of nowhere because we're in this practice of regularly bringing everything to him Uh, you know these verses I'm sure you've heard them preached upon but you've heard them preached upon in an evangelistic capacity I'm sure Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 to 30 Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you stopped to think that the wonderful thing is that no matter who we are we can give God all of those stresses and troubles and he will carry them for us and jesus says you know you take my yoke upon you and it will be easy and light and the reason it's easy and light is because well if you've ever been in a yoke i don't suppose any, many of you have um the idea is that you're put together with someone else and they carry the they share the load with you now you need to have a slightly different understanding when it comes to god carrying the load because as jesus bears the load he's well he's more than twice stronger than us isn't he he carries it all and so very little of that weight sits upon our shoulders because it's entirely upon him in truth in that yoke that we wear with christ he does all the work and we trot alongside that's the reality So cast all your anxiety, and it tells us to do it on him. Uh, and there, ne- there needs to be this understanding that as we lay on God our burdens, that he is the one who can carry the weight. Now, there, might, uh, uh, be, uh, there are what might be called beasts of burden in our world, those animals that are good at carrying weight. They've been proven time and time again that they can be trusted with a heavy load. So we think of animals like a donkey or an ox or a camel or, or any kind of beast That carries a burden. Or in our day in which we live, we think about Arctic lorries, don't we? Um, Arctic lorries. Um, We think about those beasts of burden that carry heavy loads. Now, when we lay our anxieties on God, we know that we are giving them to one who will not buckle under the weight. Sometimes we share our anxieties with others, and we discover that when we share them with them, they buckle under the weight with us because they can't carry the burden either well deuteronomy tells us deuteronomy 33 26 to 27 there is no one like the god of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty the eternal god is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms you need to have that image that here is a god who can deal with everything that you throw at him And he will never buckle. It's not that his legs will give out. I don't know how many of you are into weightlifting around here. I don't know what you can squat. Maybe it's 180 kilos. Maybe it's higher than that. Maybe you've tried your personal best. And you felt your legs give out under you. And you praise God for the bars that are there to protect you. god never buckles his knees never give out he can carry any weight that you throw upon Him. or isaiah 40 and verse 11 he will feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young what a picture a shepherd who comes along and sees the need of his sheep and sees that you're struggling and he brings you along at your pace. He's not a God that drives you. He's a God who draws you. And walks with you. In your most difficult of moments. We just pass them on him. Uh, the him here is the divin- definitive article. Uh, that is that we are to put his, our anxieties and our cares upon him and no other. When Old Testament Israel put their trust in other ways, it always failed them. So you read in Ezekiel um, about Egypt. So whenever uh, Israel got into trouble, they used to turn to Egypt because Egypt had a bigger army and, and they felt sure that they'd be safe with Egypt. And what always happened was this. It says, you have, as he's talking to Egypt... Uh, in ezekiel 29 and verse 6 to 7 this is what god says you have been a staff of reed for the people of israel when they grasp you in their hands you splintered and you tore open their shoulders when they leaned on you you broke and their backs were wrenched so every time israel as a people leaned upon upon egypt it was a bit like having a, a staff which is looks really strong but it's brittle and the moment you put weight upon it it just shatters and of course when you put your weight upon something that gives out it causes you pain doesn't it so anytime we give our cares and our worries to someone else you can be sure that it will backfire when when they put their trust in other things so israel put their trust in other things Jeremiah God says to his people my people have committed two sins they have forsaken me the spring of living water and dug their own systems broken systems that cannot hold water in other words when they went to God they were refreshed but every time they went to someone else they discovered that there was no help there was nothing there to sustain them Or God said to his people in Isaiah, Isaiah 46 and 8 to 10, Remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, uh, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please there is no one else like God if God says that your troubles are over your troubles are over so make sure that you place them on him he's the only one who can carry them. and in reality what do we mean we mean coming to the Lord Jesus Christ don't we Whatever you're bowed down with this morning, whether it's sin, whether it's other issues in your life, as you come to him, he is the only one who can give you freedom. He is the only one who can bless you. And why do we do all of this? Because he cares. We only ever seek help from someone who has displayed some affection towards us or is in a position of trust in our lives. I don't know whether you recognize that in your own life. You'll only go and seek help from those that you know care about you you seek them from anyone else, you know that you are making yourself too vulnerable, <coughs> or at least that's what it feels like. Well, you need to understand that God cares for you. So when you th- think about telling God your issues, and He says that uh, you can because He cares, where's the proof of that? Well, we need only look to the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, don't we, to discover that work. Oh, Peter in his in his in his letter wrote this earlier he said for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from that empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors so whatever your family has done before you if it wasn't trusting christ it was worthless you were redeemed with the precious blood of christ a lamb without blemish or defect he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake through him you believe in god who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in god so how do we know that god loves us put simply he gave up the wonders of heaven to live on this earth he came to a people who didn't want him He lived a life that was exemplary, that was sinless. He suffered at the hands of his creation. He died on a cross, the innocent in place of the guilty. Why? To make you right with God. To take away your sin, and in its place, to give you his righteousness. Isn't that a God who loves you? Who removes every issue that you have? His display is real love, love that is shown in deeds, not just words. Of course, Jesus was in tune with the Father because God gave his Son, didn't he? John chapter 3 and verse 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, uh, his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the pattern of the Godhead is he loves you with everything that he has so can you tell him of course you can because he cares for you enough to rescue you from the pit and he's left you nothing to do so can you tell God what's bothering you today yes you can pour it out before him and know that he will deal with it know that he will do what is necessary well you could say well I, I i know that he's done that but it doesn't feel personal well actually that's a you issue and not a god issue you see if someone buys you flowers which i'm sure they do regularly mm-hmm. because they love you you can reject the gift and you can reject their love but you cannot by your re- rejection negate their love For all those who accept his love and accept his care, there is this wonderful truth that he will carry our burdens. And he cares for you, for those who put their trust in God, those who bring their anxiety to him and trust him to look after them, who acknowledge that they are the focus of his care. He is willing to remove our sin debt. He is willing to pass over our rebellion and to welcome us into his family. There is nothing that God will not do for his people, for those that he cares for. Actually, Romans tells us that, doesn't it? Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things if it is good for you god will give it to you now that does not mean that you're going to get your favorite porsche or ferrari or you know the mansion that's down the road that you've had your eye on for years but it does mean that everything good everything that is righteous will be given to you because he's given you his son he will take away that anxiety he will take away that care and he will make it a cause for faith if you will but let him know what it is that ails you he will carry your burden and he will show you what the god of the universe can do so let me ask you to do this quit trying to bluster through life Lay all your needs before him, day after day, and it will surprise you what the Lord will do. The big question, I suppose, is do you believe that? It's easy to read the words, it's easy to understand how they should apply to us. But when you go from here, will you do it? It's a matter of faith, isn't it? a matter of looking to the god who loves us the god who has died for us and trusting that we can give him everything let's pray surely loving heavenly father we ask that you'd help us to grasp these wonderful truths lord that they would be a reality in our lives and that we would live them father forgive our sin point us to the lord jesus christ that we might understand that he is the safest place in this world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.